You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And now that heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. Well, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to, that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him 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 out the door. Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You'll be able to access the podcast for all eternity or until the day you die by going to 3cr.org.au. The world's second greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth, is in the studio with us. How are you? I'm very well, Joe, and how are you? And Happy New Year to all our lovely listeners. There's no need to be nice to them. <laughs> it's not a, I just can't help myself. I know I'm you can't help yourself. Inclined. That's why I've demoted you to the world's second greatest yeah, producer. Yeah, I, 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 I've know, heard about I, that. I, I've I, heard about that. I, I've, I've been... I've been keeping not an a eye. great start to the year for me. <laughs> no, no, I've been no. keeping an eye on Harry... And his producer. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about there. You know, Princey. Oh, Princey boy. Okay. I mean, you and I and him and his producer, mm. and they're making billions, millions. Mm-hmm. How come we aren't making millions? Not interested in making the dough. Oh, yeah. I'm interested yeah. in meeting the people. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. that's a good thing. Good segue, they yeah. call it. And talking about yeah. meeting the people, we've got Paulie Stewart in the studio. Hello, and thanks very much for having me. I'm Listen to this show, and uh, yeah. it's a real honour for me to come on with you two rascals. Oh, and well. Kelly is the best. <laughs> She's number one in my book. Look, so. look, look, Paulie, I hate to be strict, but I haven't had you yeah. and have no intention of having you. All right. You should be pleased you're a guest yeah. on Radical Australia. That's it. I, I listen to radio. Yes. The number of times people say that, it's amazing. Now, look, we'll get the shit over first because this, okay. this isn't the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. You, did right? I vote for you? Yes. No, Is no. that what you're going to ask me? <laughs> no, yes. no, 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 no. Look, Paulie Stewart has put mm. out an autobiography. Mm. Did you write it or did somebody help you? I got this uh, guy that lives across the road. He uh, made it all up and I just handed it into the publishers and right, they put right. it out. And of course I did, Joe. <laughs> But it did, uh, I was explaining to Kelly before, it, it has taken about uh, 10 years to pull it all together because I started off jotting down notes at the Austin Hospital when I was in there having a liver transplant, would you believe? And um, I was in the waiting room and uh, in the public system, and we have a great health system in Australia, but in the public system you do spend a lot of time waiting around 
and there was this woman sitting next to me in there who said, oh, Paulie, what are you doing? I said, oh, well, I've written a few songs and I've worked as a newspaper journal. And she said, you should write down your old stories. And I went, oh. She said, you know, you, you'll be waiting around doing stuff, so it's a really good way to fill up the time. I since found out that that woman was named uh, Inga Glendinning, who was um, one of Australia's great authors, you know, and uh, she was one of the first people actually to have a liver transplant. So that's where it all sort of began, yeah. Mm. Is she still alive? I No, not no, anymore. No. But she, she wrote, like, about the classics, you know, Greek and Roman. She was an incredible intellect, like. Mm. Now, Paulie, the picture mm. on this book shows mm. you with a bit of attitude. And looking at you now, mate, what <laughs> what's happened in between? Uh, well, I've got my clothes on, you know, yeah. so that's a good start because there's a few circulating out there that uh, yeah. are not so flattering. But, um, yeah, well, we're, yeah. That was well. That was only, I suppose, five or six years ago. That photo, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. you still look as fabulous oh, as you do you there, Joe's Good just on you, jealous. Oh, Good on it's you, all mate. jealousy with him. You He's see. just thrown the book on the into the bin, <laughs> yeah. listeners. Yeah, and 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 Paulie had the good fortune. Well, he actually yeah. wrote it, something in it for me. Maybe it'd be worth a few bucks when I auction it. That's off. it, mate. I, I may auction it off at the next West Park window. Feel, mate. feel free. <laughs> You've already clipped me for that shirt. A beautiful. Beautiful West Papuan shirt I bought for Christmas. Yeah, it was only 200 bucks, mate. Yeah. It all went to a good yeah. cause. Yeah. My bank account. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Paulie, what year were you born? Uh, 1960. And what's written on your birth certificate? Um, son of Noel Stewart and June Hewitson, who uh, was St Kilda folk. And uh, I've actually, after 10 years living in West Footscray, I've just actually moved back to Alwood, about mm. two blocks from where my mum was born. So I feel like I've returned to the hood a bit. But, mm. uh, yeah, definitely a St Kilda boy. Both grandfathers worked at uh, Luna Park at different stages, one on the Big Dipper, one in the River Caves. and um, River Caves? Yeah. Can't you remember the no. colour? You're so young. You uh, can look. She's from Norlane in yeah. Geelong. You uh, know what they're like there. They wouldn't even know what a river cave is. <laughs> Joe, Joe got up to a lot of mischief in the river caves with various <laughs> young ladies over the years. Could have been young blokes. You yeah, never could know. have been young blokes. You never know. No, people. That's but, it. Yeah, young people. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. You've got to watch out for Kelly. She's you know non-gender specific. Uh, oh, mate, it gives me a headache. My daughter, don't start me. She's <laughs> the same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, where'd you go to primary school? I went to St. Mary's East St. Kilda, oh. which was, uh, uh, my mum was a teacher and she reckons the Catholics, you know, had a better system, you know, for teaching More discipline, kids. more discipline. Oh, well, I can still remember Sister Virgilius. <laughs> what a name that is, Sister Virgilius, smacking me on the ass, you know, oh. some misdemeanor when I was like six or seven, like... <laughs> It's a foretaste of a thing to come in my Catholic education because I then ended up going to De La Salle, you know, with the oh, De La Salle brothers. Oh, and, uh, very nice. I, I used to get beaten black and blue every, every day. In fact, there was this brother who would end every day, say, right, okay, boys, that's it for the day. Uh, first thing tomorrow, Stuart gets six straps just to start the day off. And i go, what? What have I done? And he said... You will do something, uh, you know, you will have a wicked, impure thought that 
means you we owe you six straps. And I went, ah, oh, yeah. they're all pedophiles anyway. Yeah, it's all yeah. come out. Seriously. It's all come out, yeah. They yeah. have sold my old school yep. to pay for the, the victims of sex, sex crimes. crimes yeah, so. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you'd be distraught about the death of the Cardinal? Um, prick. <laughs> I actually met him at, in Sydney once. Mm-hmm. And um, he sort of looked down his nose at me like, what's this piece of shit talking to me for? And mm, uh, mm. But having said that, I do know some, you know, I was a great mate of Bishop Hilton Deacons. Oh, ah, right. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. Who, he, he did a lot of work in Timor and a, yeah. and a lot of work with the mob up in the Northern Territory. And But the first time I met Hilton... We were at this um, ceremony in Timor um, at a place called Swai, and the uh, Indos ended up when the civil sort of war broke out um, in nineteen, no, in two thousand. Yeah, they they killed two priests and three nuns in this town, and so there was this big mass gathered, and everyone came from everywhere, and Hilton was up there to say mass, and actually. A Timorese guy said it in English and Hilton said it in Tetan, the local language. language. Mm, and I thought, mm, wow, this guy's, mm. you know, like talks the talk. And uh, But they invited the Indonesians along to sort of, you know, to, to increase the peace, you know. But these Indonesian soldiers rocked up and they were walking through the crowd and they went and stood next to a bunch of Timorese women who were like cowering in fear next to these guys. And um, Hilton saw it, and he was in his like he had his big pointy hat and his staff, and and he walked over to these um, Indonesians and said, "Listen, get the fuck out of here! You're scaring these women." And these Indonesian soldiers freaked out that this holy man was sort of swearing at them, and they all got up and moved away. And I went, yeah. "I like this guy. Yeah, you know, he yeah. talks the talk, you know, and he walks mm. the walk." And uh, you know, even you know, and years later, he's got you know West West Papuans with penis gourds at in his church in you know yep. in Melbourne, and you're going, that, that's no, radical. No, you a, know? And he actually wrote his auto, autobiography too. Yeah, 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 which was quite a good read. And he hated uh, whiskey, well, which we yeah. shared in common too. <laughs> yeah. No, I I had an unusual association with him. I actually knew him initially through his brother. Wow. Who was a quadriplegic, who was a patient of mine. So it's oh, a small world when you think yeah. about it. And he kept talking about his, his brother, brother, the Archbishop, yeah. you know. They yeah. didn't see eye to eye, but, uh, you know. It was that is a small world. It yeah. is a small world. Now, obviously, you left high hmm. school with brilliant marks and you went straight to university. I bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was useless at school. And... Um, and I, I wasn't bad at creative writing, you know. Yeah, I could yeah. come up with a good story. Yeah, a little bit like this story here, this yeah, book here. Oh, it's all lies. Yeah, yeah all, it's all Who crap. actually published it? Melbourne Books. Melbourne Books. Our good friend, oh, they're great. David Tenement. Yeah, they're great him. people. They're actually local publishers. Yes, they're, yeah. they're like the 3CR of publishers yes. in that they take a chance on local people and yeah. give, it, give, us, give them air time, which yeah. is uh, you got to take your hat off to that, but... Uh, mm. No, I went, um, uh, I was useless at school. I think, you know, I, I, I barely passed year 12. 
And uh, but my mum knew the guy from Channel Seven who walked, worked around the, lived around the corner from us in St Kilda. And by this time, my brother, who uh, was one of the journalists who was killed up in at Balibo in '75. Tell, tell us about your brother, Tony. Well, he was um, in in a family of fierce St Kilda supporters. He barracked for Collingwood, which is <laughs> so he was a bit of a weirdo like that, but he. He uh, he was the oldest of five of us, and he look he was just a kid. He was twenty one, and and he was useless at school too. But he somehow managed to get himself a gig in at Channel Seven as the sound the boom operator, and he had moved out of home, and the world was his oyster. And he, you know, I can remember he rang my mum going, "Oh, mum, you know, I'm off to my first war to cover my first war. It's so exciting." And you know, we were all like, "Oh." Oh, great, that's going to be so much fun. And, you yeah. know, life was a big sort of bubble before, you know, he ended up being killed up there and it was just all... Could you just, uh, yeah. for, for our younger audience, mm. could you just explain what happened? Well, basically in, in 1975 the Portuguese had gone, uh, we don't want to have colonial empire anymore because it's too taxing on our system. So we're going to give all our old colonies independence but they, they, they left after about two or three months. You know, they didn't set up any, any sort of re- replacement government. So the Portuguese pissed off and then the, the Timorese decided, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be an independent country and two main groups sort of arose and that was the um, Fretland, who were sort of left-wing leaning. They weren't communists by any stretch of the image, more like... Socialists, yeah, they're mainly reformist socialists. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. And and this other party, the UDT, who was sort of pro-Portuguese and pro-church, and but Fredlin won the the sort of election and took over. But then UDT sort of objected to that, and you know, a little civil war broke out between those two. But the Indonesians sort of went, hang on, you know, this little country, which is and. East Timor is surrounded by Indonesia. You know, let's not beat around the bush. Mm. So you've got this tiny little country surrounded by the world's biggest Muslim nation. And at one stage, because it was leaning towards the left, the Indos went, well, we're not going to have another communist state set up on our doorstep. That's right. I remember that that Indonesia was under Suharto's dictatorship, which had been supported by the USA for years and years and And years. And Paul Keating, too, that prick. And... um, Mm. So, so, the, so what happened? Yeah, yeah, what happened yeah. to your brother and, and well, the other? Well, basically, the Indian, Indonesians said, uh, you know, we're not invading; we're just sort of observing what's happening. But the five five Australian newsmen got up to this little border town of Balabo, and it's funny because I've spoken about this little town Balabo all my life now, and you think it's like New York or Boston, or but it's it's like three chicken huts and a, and and a you know, in a store. It's a tiny little place. Yeah. And uh, what happened was that the film crews started filming all the Indonesian tanks and soldiers rolling across the border. And the Indos were saying, well, we're not invading, but these guys captured that on film. And um, the Indonesians basically captured them and um, executed Hitted them. them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And to this day, we really don't sort of know exactly... How they died, you know, and but the worst thing for my old mum was that um, 
for many years, the only way Timor ever got in the papers here in Australia was when they referred to the five journalists. The fact that Willow Five, yeah, yeah, the fact that hundreds of thousands of Timorese had died mm. meant nothing. Mm. But so, but they'd ring us up and say, "Look, we've got a new eyewitness to the killings. Apparently, um, you know, they had their genitals chopped off, put in their mouth, uh, wrapped in barbed wire, and set on fire. fire. Can yeah. you give me a comment about that? Right. You know, and it's yeah. like, yeah." It was horrific, horrific you know. Yeah, yeah. worst so, uh, worst of journalism. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so you left school. Your mum knew somebody from Channel Seven. She felt they owed you something. So. Well, well, that's it. No, well, I went into the to the Herald. No, it was the Sun newspaper. The then. Sun, the Sun. And sorry, the Sun News Victoria. Exactly. Get it right. Yes. Exactly. And you know the the Herald Sun now is a piece of crap, and I'm yeah, not one yeah, of your listeners. Yeah, yeah. I I know would read it. Yeah. But when I started the Sun News Pictorial, it was a uh, really balanced paper. Like, that's right. I can remember mm. one of the first stories I wrote, and they said, "Well, you know, where's the other guys? You know, side of the story you haven't." Yeah. Rep- and I, I went, "Ah," oh. and they said, "Yeah, you got to do both sides." And now, you know, that doesn't even exist. But anyhow, I got in there, and this guy looked at my marks, and he went, "Ah, oh, you know." You know, these marks aren't very good, mate. And I went, oh, yeah. And he goes, you know, well, why do you want to be a journo? And I can remember what my mum told me to say. She said, oh, you know, because my brother was one. And he said, oh, who's your brother? And I said, oh, he was one of the Bellabo Five. And this guy shot bolt upright. He turned pale and he said, just wait here. Mm. And he walked out of the room and I went, great, I got this gig. And he he walked back in and said, you start next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. 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 Wow. Do you remember old Tom Pryor? Oh, very well. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he was a character. He, you know, he was the yeah. lead author in, in Australia. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was amazing. He was a bit of a rap bag. He too. was a rap bag. Yeah, was a, yeah. he, we, we, we developed a friendship because I'll tell you why. Yeah. You know, I think it was in, in the mid-1970s. Yeah. He did a, a few articles on anarchism in Melbourne. Right. And he said... I've been at the Sun News Pictorial for 35 years and yeah. nobody's ever told me what to write. Yeah. And then I wrote about you bastards and they told me I couldn't do it yeah, anymore. Yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And we actually interviewed him at 3CR in oh, the 80s. Did really? Yeah, before he died. But he, he was part yeah. of that old guard of Junos. That's that right, yeah. They don't exist anymore. No, they just go down to the pub and get there. Oh, mate, <laughs> when I walked in, and, and this is in the book, but... I, I could not believe, and, and people have gone, oh, you know, you drank a lot and took a lot of drugs because you're in rock bands. I go, <laughs> no, no. They were pussies compared to the journos. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I walked into the sun yeah. and there were guys with long neck bottles of beer yeah. at their desk at 8.30 in the morning yeah. and they'd have a cigarette yeah. that never yeah. went out. Yeah. They would yeah. just light yeah. them and they'd get absolutely paralytic yeah. And they'd be half off their chair. There'd be drool going down to the ground, and yet their copy was so pristine. Yeah, you know, yeah. now now they've got these experts, yeah. you know, who stuff it up. You know, yeah. simple things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tom told us very funny. He said he started at thirteen. Yeah, and his job was that when you know the Sun News Pictorial used to like to dramatise disasters, yeah. that type of thing, so people would yeah. buy the paper, you know, a bit of clickbait, as they say today. Mm. And he's at 13, his job was to, while the senior reporter was interviewing the husband of the the person who'd been raped and killed, yeah. it was his job to sneak around the house and find a picture and oh, steal it wow. so they could actually publish oh, it wow. the next day. That's pretty hardcore. That's I how ne- it started. I never had to do that. <laughs> no, no, things improve by the yeah, time yeah, you got that, there. That, 
that, that was pretty hardcore. So, yeah, so how long did you last? I lasted there 30 years. 30 years? Yeah, yeah, on and off. Well, what happened was I'd left to concentrate on the painters and dockers for a couple of Excuse that, me, excuse yeah. me, excuse me. Look, a lot of people don't know you, Paulie. Oh, sorry, sorry. Now, are you yeah. actually a, yeah. a friend of the Texan or something? Uh, well, no, what? not, not, not yeah, yeah, I know who the Texan is, but uh, <laughs> the Painters and Dockers Union, uh-huh. yeah, we, I ended up for, you know, being in this band who was only supposed to play for one night, yeah. and we called ourselves the Painters and Dockers because it was at their pub that we did our first gig. Yeah, well, that's what, Port Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. and no one believes this story. And well, well, we believe it. me rolling her eyes. This is a true story, Kelly. <laughs> I believe you. Okay. No, <laughs> Not like your book. No, that's it. But <laughs> the first night we ever played, the, the, the guy who lived next door to the Rising Sun Hotel in Port Melbourne hated the music so much he jumped the fence with an axe and started chopping up the mixing desk and we had all these kids there freaking out you know and someone <laughs> stupidly rang the police now at the painters and dockers pub oh you could God. do anything you could have lines of speed off the bar you could roll a big fat joint you could do whatever you wanted but no police were allowed on the premises so three divvy vans rock up the police come in, the dockers say, you're not coming in. The police say, we're coming in. And an all-in riot broke out. Kids are screaming, the PA's falling. You know, everyone's horrified and in tears. And I'm on stage with the microphone going, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This, <laughs> this is just the greatest thing ever, you know. And in two days' time, you know, I'm up at the Gold Coast doing two gigs with the Dockers, supporting the Sunny Boys. So it's, uh, it's still so much fun, yeah. you know. And um, did they get in the Jacks? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they got oh, yeah. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did. But, so, but it's been great. Um, yeah, but why'd you pick the name? Because that's where they drank. Oh, that's where. Yeah, that was their pub, and it was a joke. Well, well, they 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 weren't they weren't they couldn't. Sometimes they weren't a nice crew. That mob. Well, well, you know. So what did they think about you stealing their name? Well, (laughs) it's a ah. Forget about the book. I know. I haven't read it on purpose. I know, but this is another true story (laughs) that that people say. What's the scariest gig you've done? And and we have supported Midnight All, which is terrible because they're so. Their fans are so fanatical and, you know, you get hit with chooks and bot- beer bottles and, you know, that, that that was reasonably tough. And we've done, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on New Year's Eve in the middle of Melbourne. But without doubt, the scariest gig we've ever done, we were at the Prince of Wales St Kilda and this little woman walks in and says, and she's got two of the biggest guys you've ever seen with her, these man-mountain sort of guys. And we sort of say, oh, you know, who who are you? What's happening? And she goes, well, my name's Mrs. Bob Dix. Uh, my husband's the head of the Painters and Dockers uh, Union. He can't be here tonight because he's having a little holiday out at Coburg at the uh, Bluestone. The Bluestone College. The yeah. Bluestone College. Most likely in J Division. Yes. Yeah. And um, he has sent me along to decide... I'm, I'm going to watch the act tonight, and if I like it, you can use the name. But if I don't, you know, then you guys are in trouble. And we went, oh, my. You know, and then she walked out, and I went, oh, no. You know, this is, guys, we're going to pull out everything we can, every last little, put an extra shake in that ass, and, like, really jump, you know, let's go crazy. 
So we went on and we did it, and thankfully she came back and went, yeah, okay, you can use it, you know, <laughs> use the name. But oh, uh, no, they, they weren't to be mucked around with. I was around in those days. Yeah. And I, I came to Melbourne in the mid-70s, and uh-huh. somehow, somehow, I don't know how it happened. Yeah. But got, I became the doctor to the criminal underworld in Port Melbourne and South Melbourne. Seriously? Yeah. I, it just happened accidentally because I was a Queenslander. I had no idea. I just thought these were just... Decent, you know, hard-working people. And it took me about six months to realise what had happened. No, no, no. Yeah, one of my gigs, you'll love this, yeah. almost as good as yeah. your gig. Yeah. I was paid 100 bucks to go to a funeral Yeah. as a doctor. Right. And I said, why? Yeah. And they said, oh, you know, there'll be a lot of old people there, you yeah. know, the sun's hot, you know, it was January. And I went, oh, all right, I thought this was the easiest 100 Because those days, 100 bucks was a week's oh, wage, right. you know. This is, this is in the 70s. Yeah. So I sat under a tree down at Faulkner. Yeah. And as the coffin's been lowered into a ground, an almighty blue began with the mourners. They're punching each other, oh, throwing wow. each other around. And I'm wondering, now I know why I'm here. Yeah. And <laughs> but that, that, that was the period. What were they fighting over? Just who, knows? Yeah, obviously who knows? Some, yeah. Obviously, it was some criminal group that yeah. were worried about inheritance or whatever. Who knows? But, but I'm really the... proud to say that oh. we still have. Um, uh, a strong involvement with the Painters and Doctors Do Union, who morphed uh, into the MUA. Yep. And a shout out to the MUA show yep. here on 3CR. Yep. And um, yeah, over the years now, ev- once every one date a year, the MUA call us and say, um, <laughs> This is a true story. They ring me and say, Paulie, the, the Painters and Doctors are going to be playing this gig on January the 13th. And I go, well, just let me ring everyone and just make sure that's okay. And they go, no, you didn't hear us. The planners and dockers will be playing. And I ring the guys uh, and just say, hey, yeah, we're playing this day. That's Don't. right. But we just did our 150th uh, anniversary at Port Melbourne recently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Good old, all power to them. Yeah, 46 Island Street. That's it. And yeah. uh, you mentioned you went to South Melbourne. Yeah. You know, well... That's where it was at the with the MUA on the pickets lines that we met yeah. Father Bob down there too. And oh, he's, right. he's a great guy. He's a, yeah, we've interviewed him on this program too. Yeah, he's a great. Cool, he's we, a, only, we only interviewed the coolest people. Mate, he would have been. Cool. I don't know why we've got you yeah, here, yeah, mate. Exactly. <laughs> I don't don't make the mark. And yeah. He's he's great, Father Bob. And yeah. mate, he used to bury the painters and dockers That's when right. no one, no yeah. one else would. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's off to him. You what know? what I like about the uh, MUA building is they've got a banner to the lumpers union yeah <laughs> and and i've got a connection with that because my old man when he immigrated here his first job he was a human conveyor belt he was only about five foot two wow and they put on a sack 50 keys 100 k's and he'd walk from the ship to the truck to the ship to the truck and obviously mechanization got rid of all those people uh, yeah, yeah yeah right and so they've got this banner if you go in have a look at the, at the lumpers union banner I, I, I it's, will, and it's I a know, good historical I, record and i Know that, um, you know, where you're talking about in yeah. Island Street there, and yeah. I've thought for years it would be a great place to get a gig going. You it know? would be. And, uh, and they, they, they'd agree, I reckon. I, that's what I reckon. Yeah. So yeah. stay tuned, folks, because yeah. it's an inner city. It's in North Melbourne, right next to the station. That's it's, right. Yeah. It would be great for you. Um, Not far from Festival Hall. Yeah. Exactly. And all the there's a lot of kids in the western suburbs who are looking for venues. I reckon, it, and hey, if the MUA are on the door, no one's going to muck up either, you know. Yeah, so okay. that's an added bonus. Right. 
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So how long did you this musical career last? It's still going. Oh, it's still sort of no, going. Hang on, yeah, hang, yeah, on yeah. hang on, well, hang on, hang on. Mate, hang it's on. You just mentioned they played their 150th yeah, gig. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, but yeah. that's, that's just... You know, you pull them out yeah. of the pull them out of the cupboard, and no, you put them out there. I'm yeah. talking about professionally when you made money. Oh uh, well, we've never made money. <laughs> You've never made no, money. No. Oh, there's the door, yeah, Paul. No, can you leave? <laughs> no, I was just saying before. You know, the kind of material we write. Uh, mm. Thank God, you know, three CR have played it over the years, but. You're not going to hear "Die Yuppie Die" on Nova FM or Triple M. They, You're kidding. No, they. They objected to that. And, Did they? Um, Could you give yeah. us a few bars? Um, you know the latest fashion. You know the latest brand. You know you bore me shitless with your growing economic plans. You know all the right people. You know just what to wear. You know you're a young professional. You know I just don't fucking care. Die up, die. <laughs> die up, die. Die up. Remember when they were on the rise? When they were just like this fringe kind of. Now it's become like the mainstream. Exactly. Like, oh, it's a worry. Remember in Fitzroy, you'd walk, you'd walk down Smith Street and you'd, you'd kind of, kind of, kind of step over the heroin overdoses. Yeah. Now. Oh, oh it's it's. Uh, Smith Street, I can remember Smith Street, you know, who's chasing? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not, I'm poorly, mate. No, yeah. no, who's chasing? I'm yeah. not chasing anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, Leave yeah, me alone, yeah, that's mate. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, that was Smith Street. Yeah. 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 Um, you spoke about a a liver transplant yeah. in the Austin. What, what are you talking about? What well, happened? Well, what I, happened to you, young man? Well, I also, apart from the dockers, I, um, you know, also got formed this other band, the Dilly All Stars, with yep. some Timorese guys. But mm. I got really sick. Tell um, us about the Dilly All Stars first. Oh, okay, the Dilly All Stars. Well, the day Shenanigans Bay was captured, there was a demonstration outside of the Indonesian embassy, and I walked into the backstage sort of tent, you know, to get a coffee or something. And there was a Timorese guy, and we both looked at each other and sort of sized each other up and we got to talking and, and that guy was um, called Gil Santos and who's and I often say, you know, I lost one brother in Timor but this is the one I gained, you know, Gil and uh, we have been all around the world now. We've, you know, toured Europe as, you know, guests of the Portuguese Communist Party. <laughs> You'll love this, Joe. And we got our airfares to get there from um, Howard Mitchell, you know. Oh, yeah, good yeah. old Howard Mitchell, yeah, he's the, a, the great publisher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a great you know, yeah. billionaire or something. Yeah, yeah. But these Portuguese communists were saying, I tell Comrade Harold that... Uh, <laughs> we're happy. Yeah, so <laughs> rang him when we got back and told him that, and he laughed his head off, and he said, yeah, the only other yeah. person that called me Comrade was Gough Whitlam. And right. I went, 
fair enough. But yeah, uh, yeah the Dilly All Stars. We 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 we've been playing for thirty years promoting East Timorese independence, and we've done it all around Australia in Timor itself, um, in uh, South America because Brazil, Portuguese, Portuguese, yeah. and. Um, yeah, so that that's um, and and we also went up and um, played with John Farnham and Kylie Minogue for all the Australian troops mm-hmm. when Glenn Wheatley did this big gig up there. What year was that? That was nineteen ninety nine. Right, and um, you know Kylie was cool and John Farnham were cool and um, but it that was actually an amazing gig because all the Team Marie's crew in the band were going home for the first time after. You know, twenty five years. Yeah. So it was it was mm. a real emotional thing, and um, but yeah. Um, also, apart from the Dilly All Stars, because I had a liver transplant, it's amazing at the Austin Hospital in the liver clinic how many other musos you meet there. You I know? wonder why. It's like I wonder yeah, why. It's, I say it. to people that you meet more musos there than you do at the Esplanade Hotel in St Kilda, <laughs> and, the, and you, know, you know the beauty is, yeah. You don't have to walk on a soggy beer-laden carpet. That's exactly That's the right. difference. Exactly. You've got a tile floor. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> No, no, but how did you, thanks, yeah. but how did you end up in... I'm jumping I mean, around. Sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're not yeah, jumping yeah, around. Yeah. I'm just asking stupid questions. I'm just excited how, 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 by you two. Oh, oh, you know, oh. Yeah. Watch out, Kelly. He's yeah. excited. Yes. Watch uh, out, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! yeah look, uh, and I've got a glass yeah. partition yes. between Paulie and me. That's he may it. he may jump over it. I will. So, so when did you realise you were sick? Um, because well, I didn't, you know, and yeah. I was like a typical Australian male. I was oh. like, oh, you know, I feel a bit crook. And, yep. But I'd still go out with my journo mates and you know drink four pots of beer and yep. Yep. and then my little sister came. We were going to go out for lunch, you know, and I said, oh, I've got this doctor's appointment, you know, in uh, the Western in general in Footscray. I'll just drop in, you know, you park out the front and um, then we'll go and get some Jap, you know. And she mm. said, oh, great, you know. And I walked in and this doctor looked at me and said, listen, mate, go across the road to emergency. Uh, you need to go. Yeah, yeah, jaundice. He had yellow eyes, yeah, didn't you? you yeah, need, you need an op. And they en- ended up opening me up and... Seeing that, you know, and they said, oh, you need a new liver, mate. You need a liver transplant. What, what, year, what year was this? Uh, 2011. Right. But I had no idea what that meant. And so I rang one of the guys in the band and said, listen, just put that gig at the ESPY back three weeks. Right. Because I'll just go to, <laughs> I'm just going to go to the Austin. They'll pull a liver out of a drawer, give it to me and... Uh, um, uh. And I'll be fine. Did you fine. really think that? That's what I thought. I honestly did. I yeah. had no idea. It's called denial. Yes. <laughs> but what happened was I was in the Austin for 18 months. Yeah. And, uh, hang on. Uh, Let's go back a bit. Yeah. When did you realise that this was serious, you could die? Um, that same day when mm. this Chinese guy, doctor was taking me upstairs and he goes, oh, have you had a good life? And I'm going, <laughs> I'm going what do you mean? And he's going... <gasps> Well, you know, there's a good chance that, uh, you know, you're not going to make it. Can can you sign this form saying that the hospital won't be, you know, liable liable for your death? And I'm going, you know, you're joking me, or what? What the hell are you talking about? You know, and um, wow. yeah, so it was a real whack in the face, and mm, uh, mm. and and it, you know, 
and, and anyone listening out there who's listening at the Austin to this, you know, good luck getting a liver because you've got to get a compatible one. So, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it's got to be... Let's go back a yeah, few steps because sure. I, think, I think obviously this is a critical phase yeah, oh, of your life, especially spent there 18 months. Yeah. How close did you come to dying waiting for a liver? Because as you said, it's got to be compatible. Well, it ended up... A priest standing over me doing the you know see, rights, the yeah. see you later alligator yeah. kind yeah, of last thing rights, and yep. um, did they did they have the perfume no, no, none of that just that. just the cross yeah. did, didn't have that thing and yeah. he he did that and I was like whoa okay and there were a couple of days I can remember I was just oh I was so out of it and I was going oh wow you know this this is not good you know I'm, I I I have got the strength of an ant you mm. know and mm. um, Mm. But then, and this is where it gets all freaky, and you'll go, you're talking bullshit, and Kelly, don't look at me like that. This is true. She knows what's going to happen. But I'm in there, you know, they do the last rites, and then I wake up a couple of nights later, and sitting at the end of my bed is this little nun, this little palliative care nun. Mm. Uh, I like palliative care. They're getting ready to send you off. Yeah, they're they're like, here's the bag, you know, get on the plane, see you later. Yeah. And I started talking to her, and um, you know, it was, I was so sick that it took me ten minutes to see that you know she was dark skinned. And I said, "Oh, where, whereabouts are you actually from, sister?" And she said, "Oh, this little country called Timor Leste." And I said, "Is that some kind of a joke?" And she goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "Well, you know, my brother was one of the Balabo Five, and uh, you know, I play in a band here in, in Melbourne, the Dilly All-Stars, and she's going, oh, why are you here? And I said, oh, I need a new liver sister, but they can't get me one. And this little nun sort of, she thought for a minute, and then she said, I'll get you one. And I went, you know, wow, it's a bit late in the day to be drinking the older wine. I you assume know. by this stage yeah. you, you were just another crappy old atheist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of I, jettisoned any room. Right, I went to a boys' school where the yeah, boys well, were all buggering all my mates. You yeah, know, come yeah, on, you know. Yeah, and yeah. um, You've given up all this yeah, shit. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, yeah, how are you going to do that, sister? And she goes, well, I'll ring all the sisters in Timor and we'll pray to the big guy mm, to get you one. Mm, mm. And if we get you one, you've got to help the women and kids in Timor. Is that mm, a deal? And I mm. went... Whatever, you know, mm. I thought, this nun's off her rocker. I'll just keep her happy. Yeah, sure, sure, sister. And then <coughs> and then this is where it gets freaky and everybody, you know, well, a lot of people say it was just a coincidence, Paulie, but I say, you weren't in the bed dying, you know. Nick, so next morning this doctor comes in and goes, amazing, this perfect liver for you has just arrived. We didn't think this would happen, mm. you know. Mm. And I was rushed in and I had, um, I think it was um, 22 people worked on me for 12 hours putting it in. I can't even tell you what they actually did, you know, like... No, it's very hard. You've it is. To, it's yeah. so complicated. But mm. what I do know is three days later they were going, okay, well, off you go, go home. And I'm going, hang on, you know, they, they don't muck around. They get you out, you know, as soon as you... Well, somebody else needs the bed. Exactly. Somebody else dying of liver failure. Well, exactly, and there's mm. a lot. And mm. um, So you spent 18 months waiting or did you have to come back because there were complications? I, I spent 18 months waiting, mm. yeah. Mm. You didn't go home in that time. I did, I did every now and then, but 
But after a while, I just went, look, it's easier being in hospital. And my partner, uh, Donna, at the mm. time, she, mm. you know, and we just had a, a, a little daughter, you know, right. so she, um, it was too much. And yeah. it was just easier in the hospital. That's what they're there to do, look after you. So yeah. it was just sort of easier, mm. yeah. So how long did it take before you felt able to do things? Um, well, almost, almost immediately I just right. felt so, so great good. to be alive. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. mate, it sounds like, you know, hippie bullshit cliche, but seriously, just to go out into the backyard yeah. and smell the flowers and go, wow, yeah. you know, yeah. how great yeah. is this? You know, like, and my appetite came back after... 18 months, you yeah. know. You could have seen me, Joe, and go, Paulie, I'll take you to any restaurant in Melbourne. Where do you want to go? I'll take you. You you order, and I would yeah, have gone, look, yeah. just give me a bread roll yeah. and a glass of water. Yeah. Well, well I, I make an analogy with people who've got liver, yeah. liver issues. I say, your liver is your carburetor. Mm. You know, if your carburetor is blocked, yeah. your car's fucked. Yes. And it's the same with your liver. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's just a filter, basically. Yes. It's a filter. yes. But you also get this, you know, because the filter's not working, the mm. build-up of toxins that's in your right. blood. That's why so you get sick. That's so right. you get this encephalopathia, Inca- which is sort of like Inca- crazy in- tripping. Inca- you know? Encephalopathy. That's it. Oh, well, you're a doctor. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Surprised you can get that one out. Yeah. They're the only words that you know, aren't they? Medical. The you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get your name wrong, but he'll know yeah. something What was your name again, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we sure. make a mention of yeah. before we forget um, sure. something about um, how people can donate? You know. Oh, ab- like oh absolutely. And uh, I, I, well, subsequently, I, I formed a band called the Transplants, and everybody had the had a liver transplant. It's in the band. Darren, are, you, are you some type of you know exclusivist? Only no, liver no. transplants. How about lung transplants? No, well, this guy Kidney al- transplants. No, this guy came along with a hair transplant. And I said, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck off!" off. You know, yeah. I threw him out of the room. I said, "No." But Darren Hinge actually came along and got <laughs> up with us one night of all people. Yeah, well, he had a liver transplant with the same yeah. problem you had. He, and then, and for me, over the years, I've looked at Darren Hinge and gone, "Oh, he's a bit of a right wing kind of wanker," you know. Yeah. But he was really cool. I got yeah. to tell you, he yeah. got up. He was an entertainer. Yeah, he he did want to be big noted. He just got up, did his thing, and. You know, yeah. hats off to him, but yeah. but yeah, look, please, you know, it's only liver, only liver transplants are in. No, there. no, no, we've got kidneys oh, and hearts. I'm pleased, yeah, you, you yeah. know, you're not, oh, you, yeah. you know, you're not. Yeah, yeah. How, what but, could uh, you say? You can't call yourself a racist or a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you an call. organist. An organist. organist. Yeah. Yeah. An, you're not an, an organist. organist. <laughs> but you know, life being the wacky thing that it is. Yeah. You know, one stage, we had Judith Durham, you yeah. know, of the Seekers, who yeah. is like. You know, the queen, you know, it doesn't get... Because her friend Mandawoy from Yotha Yindi died waiting for a kidney, she wanted to contribute to, you know... So she ended up in getting up and, you know, I'm on stage singing a song with Judith Durham going, this is book Because I actually can't sing. That's, right, can right. we also put that right out there, right from the very beginning? I cannot sing a note. But you can shout, so that's all I right. I can shout. It's <laughs> punk rock. That's exactly yeah. right. But the young people I meet go, oh, I've been a band, but I can't sing. And I say, it's never stopped me. You know, like, don't let that ever stop you. Now, now yeah. those nuns who mm. saved your miserable life. Yes. 
Have you got an association with them still? Yes. Well, I've, tell us about it. Well, I've I've been up there three times um, and gone out on the rounds with them, and we have built them classrooms, and we got them a, a van, and I've actually just had three. Um, uh, sorry, two of them come out here, and we did a big tour through all the Victorian schools, and we ended up raising about twenty grand from them. And these little nuns, they they're called the Alma Sisters. They work with the disabled and abandoned kids, mm. and they, you know, I, they're my heroes. And I, 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 you know, people go, "Oh, you're so great, Paulie. What you give to the, these nuns?" I get back ten times what they give me. Seriously. But also recently, my my daughter Aretha, who's um, quite a noted painter now, young Indigenous mural painter, she's just been up and done a big wall on a big mural for them on their wall in yep. uh, at their headquarters. So yeah. Yeah. it's good. It's it's sort of uh, mm. it's all in the family now. Yeah. yeah. You see, Kelly, how he's sneaky. He doesn't answer your question, like about how do people assist if they're interested this because you went off in another no 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 well you sign up to the to donate your organs yeah that's it you just donate your organ yeah don't yeah put yourself up that you know Hmm. if you die your organs get passed on to someone who needs them and australia's got one of the worst rates in the world kelly so thanks for pressing the point because we wouldn't be talking to you now you you wouldn't you would not and uh you know, there were other muso mates of mine who died waiting for them. So, you yeah. know, I, I was really lucky. And yeah. and you're never too old. If you no. think you're too old, the cornea, skin, yeah. may, your livers or kidneys may be Mate, stuffed. Can I, can I get your number to so I can ring you to say, listen... <laughs> Joe, I'm not feeling the best today. No, what mate, should no. I do? Look, mate, I, I, I only see people who are paralysed after accidents. You don't want to see no, me, no, mate. No, not paralytic, no, but paralysed. No, I don't right. want to see you. No, no, you don't need my number. No. So what type of activities are you involved in these days? Um, well, across the road from here, 3CR, there's a recording our studio called The Artful Dodgers. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was supposed to be there for six months, but I've been there for 10 years now and um it's sort of mentoring young musicians and they come in it's funny they come in and you know the hair's all over their eyes and they go oh you know i'd love to do songs but i'd never have the confidence you know and and i just teach them a few tricks of the trade and it's funny you give somebody a microphone and a little bit of encouragement most of these kids have never had anyone say Good job, you know, well done, you know. That's all I sort of do and, mm. and you know, and now, you know, I'm like, get off stage. You, you're going over time, Tough, you know, right, and, right. Uh, you know, these... One, so, so what, what does mentoring mean? Well, basically, it's, it's that, saying well done, right. good on you, and yep. listen, open with something that's punchy, yep. you know, put a few laughs in, you know, if you're going to... Um, well, that's the music side. I've also developed a, a speaker's circuit, you know, mm-hmm. where they go up and tell their stories. Right. So, like with these two boys from Burundi I was working with, um, you know, their stories, you know, they were child soldiers at 11 and I said, you know, so they hit them with the hard stuff, the really... But then I said, put in the funny stuff too, like, you know, when they got here and, um, you know, they they... 
one of their first days they walked around, you know, um, Dandenong and it was a hard rubbish day and yeah. they were saying to the guy with them, you know, Australians are so great putting all their stuff out to dry and the guy said, oh, no, we're throwing it away. And they said, what, throwing it away? Yeah. By the end of the first week they had 10 TVs each yeah. in their room, you yeah. know, like yeah. – and just wacky stuff, stuff like, like that. that. So you when, you t- when you're talking about a s- kind of a speaker's circuit for yeah. people, what does that entail? Does, uh, you go to schools? Do you do uh, community groups? How do you- we mainly go to schools. Mm. mainly go to – but uh, we've been to Catholic, Jewish, Muslim schools and uh, usually to their social – uh, awareness class or social justice sort of class and um, the thing about the crew I work with is nothing Joe and Kelly as you'd both know with all the people you've interviewed nothing beats the real story you know yeah. so these kids get up and you know Nahid you know from Afghanistan you know says you know she, when, when she gets up and says what I hated most of all being a boat person was they wouldn't call me Nahid, they'd call me number, number four four yeah. seven three eight nine, you know, mm. and it really sinks in then, you know, yeah, well. when you hear someone that say it to you, you know. Well, that's right. You can't hate somebody you know. No. But, but if you can dehumanise somebody by ignoring who they are and giving them a number, well, you can do anything you like to them, yes. as the Nazis showed over and over again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, you're a, a learned Human being. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, very learned. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting question. Yes. You know, because of your life experience. Mm-hmm. Now, you may find this hard to believe, mm-hmm. but we may have one listener under the age of 40 Good. listening to this Stop program. Stop bagging the show out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bagging it. You this are. is called humour, Kelly. I know you're young and you don't understand, but no one listens to yeah. us. Only old people. Yeah, yeah not, exactly. Not this true. is the human. We know we've had thousands of young people yes. listening to the podcasts. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> not the program. Yeah. So look, yeah, somebody's feeling a bit sorry for themselves. You know, things aren't going the right way. I mean, you've been at death's door. You've defied yeah. it. You've done brilliant things during your life. What's your advice? Mm. I know, you're just an old fart. I'm just, just an old a... fart, I would know, you know, just enjoy it, you know. And, it, well, it's definitely not about the money, you know, right. I, I, I don't think, you know. Mm. Mind you, before we all came on the air, we were all sitting here going, we all need more money. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's not about the money. And, you know, there was this quote I saw of Winston Churchill, of all people, mm. you know, and saying, you know, it's not a, a good life. What is it? It's... Um, you know, you make a a living by what you give, but you you make a life by what you give away. You know, right. and uh, you know certainly, you know, going out and you know helping other people or getting involved in other people's sort of worries and causes. You know, you, it comes back at you tenfold the, the love yeah. that you get from them. And, oh, it uh, does. It does. Yeah. That's 100%. It takes you out of yourself as well, like helping others, you know. Sure. So you don't live in your own silly little head. Exactly. You actually help other people. Yes, exactly. In their struggle. And I think the difference between us and people who just do kind of charity work is we've got a – we understand where people are coming from. We understand Mm. the shortcomings of the system. Mm. And uh, it's not not a personal issue. It's not personal failures, but in many regards it's the systemic failures because of the way we're we're structured, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't blame anybody no. for their circumstances. Well, yeah. poorly, the 56 minutes have come to an end. Wow. 
Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. going to go out with um, Liberdade. Oh, but good on you. But before we do yeah. that, mm-hmm. Paulie Stewart's memoirs, all the rage. Yes. Melbourne, folks. Melbourne Publishers. Great Melbourne people. Melbourne Books. Melbourne Books. Melbourne Books. Great people. All good bookshops and, and even the bad and ones. Kelly, yeah. you've actually read the book. I read and it. Like myself, what do you reckon? It's very entertaining. I especially like the last bit where you. I won't spoil it, but yeah. the where you add that bit at the end of your. There's a list of things. Okay. That cool. kind of just put the cherry on top. Beautiful. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Paul. Easy, easy, entertaining read. Good on you. Yep. That's it. It's nothing too intellectual <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's great. Well, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Kelly. That's You're why welcome. I'm radical Australian. <laughs> and um, coming up next is Brainwaves. Thanks, Paulie. Thanks, Kelly. And thanks, Joe. Midday on Friday, the 20th of January, for the Tanaminawai and Morbohina commemoration at the corner of Franklin Street and Victoria Street in Melbourne at the Tanaminawai and Morbohina Monument. It's a two hour ceremony, begins at midday. The first hour is broadcast live on Community Radio 3CR. We have a bevy of interesting guest speakers. At 1pm, we will walk silently to what we believe is their burial site in the Queen Victoria markets. I encourage you to bring your children and friends to commemorate the hanging of Tanaminoe and Melbourne for actively resisting the colonisation process. See you there. Summer is our time of year. Relax back and listen to highlights, shorts, specials, features and unique music. Find out more, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash summer specials.
3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.